Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Anybody else excited to be in church today? Believe your life could change in a moment. Expect them for the Word of God. Oh man, why don't you slap a high five with 10 people and say, get ready, 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 get ready. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh my Lord, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Here I am. I am at Awaken Church today. Not just Awaken Church, I'm at the San Marcos campus of Awaken Church. Anybody else glad they get to be in the greatest church in all the world with the greatest people in all the world? My Lord, how amazing is this? So wonderful to be here. Love this church. Love, love your pastors so very much. Uh, pastors Jürgen and Leanne have literally been friends of mine and my wife Jillian for, man, we're coming up, we're coming up like 27, 28. It's getting to the point now where it's hard to define actually when we started to become friends. We've been on there. You know, you've been friends with people a long time when you can't even isolate when it started. And that, that's how far back we go now. But I have... I have been so grateful to God to uh, have people in my life, friends in my life, like Pastors Jürgen and Leanne, to watch them in every season. We began as youth pastors on different sides of the city of Auckland, New Zealand, and then the Lord supernaturally took them to one of the most significant churches in Australia with where they became two of Australia's most prominent ministers across the whole country. And then God supernaturally stirred their hearts again to leave everything and move over here to San Diego to pioneer a work. I've watched this church grow from a little high school hall, I believe without air conditioning. Is that right? I just remember perspiring in an increased level uh, and then to see the miracle that is now Awakened Church, literally impacting California, America, taking ground for God, being a voice of clarity and boldness in a world of fear and confusion, that the hand of God is so evident upon this church. It is because your pastors in literally every season of their lives have been exactly the same people in every situation you'll ever find them. Whether it's on the stage, off the stage, in a service, in the car park, on holiday, they are loving, consistent, generous, kind, sacrificial, integrous. They're believing, persevering, God-seeking, Word of God-devouring leaders. And if you love Pastors Jürgen and Leanne, I would love you. Even though they're not here, can we just honor them? Thank God for a man and a woman of God with the hand of God upon their lives. Come on. I'm grateful that they get the blueprint to build this church from the throne room of heaven and not just from a survey. You understand what I'm saying? Amazing people. Wanted to say how much I love pastors Matt and Michaela. Love you guys so very, very much. You're absolutely amazing. Thank God for you. Thank God for your, your blessing that you are to me, to all these amazing people. If you love Pastor Matt and Michaela, could we just acknowledge them, aren't they? You're amazing. We love you. Thank God for you. Thank you for everything. You're wonderful people. God bless you. We're, we're so glad to be here. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm married to only one woman. Uh, even better, she's been the same woman for 27 and a half years now. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. My wife's name is Jillian. I call her the voice of chocolate. The reason why is because we're away from each other a lot, but all it takes is for her to get on the phone and she just has to say one word, hello. And it's like, I'm done. I'm good. Life is good. I hear her voice. Everything is good in my life. Everything is good in my world. I love her. She's my, my absolute joy and delight. After the service, I get to fly home and get to see her again. That's my wife, Jillian. I have two children. My daughter's name is Lara. Please, please pray for me, team. She's 19 years old, and she has a boyfriend. Yeah, it's getting hard out here. Um, 
I don't want to like this guy. Didn't, in, any dads know what I'm talking about? Like, I have been so mean to him. My wife has told me at least 10 times, be nicer, be nicer, be nicer. I'm like, I don't have it in me. I, I have threatened to do things to him that I have not threatened to do to another human being on the face of this planet. I'll tell you what they were in a men's meeting, but I won't say them here. Um, but, uh, but it's getting awkward now because I actually, he's actually treating my daughter really well. So believe it or not, that makes it worse. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I have a son, Will. He is 17 years old, six foot two. He's a manifestation of my ego. Um, and uh, uh, <laughs> I'm the most humble man I know. <laughs> and, uh, and he's amazing. Um, I'm, if you have a Bible, we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 today, the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. And I want to bring to you a message today that is just so on my heart for this season, for the church. And I believe it's going to be a word in season for many people who are here. And I want you to expect two things. I want you to expect that as I share this message that you're going to get teaching and content and understanding of Scripture and God's will for us. But I also want you to lift your expectation that you'll also receive an impartation and that, that some things that maybe have been attacking you are going to be broken. I believe this is going to be a breakthrough moment for many people in this auditorium. Yeah, come on, if you believe that, shout an amen in, in this room. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, fear is going to be broken off many people. Anxiety is going to diminish. Doubts are going to flee. Clarity is going to come. You're going to experience, many people in this room are going to walk out the door of this room and instead of being profoundly overwhelmed by a myriad of things, you're going to find a point of clarity and a, a point of insight, solidarity, single focus is going to come into your life and something is going to come alive. And I believe that. So be expecting at the end of the service, we're going to pray for people. And I'm telling you, something powerful could happen in your life. If you believe that one more time, can we just give God some praise in his house right now? Come on. We're going to go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading today in verse 13. Luke chapter 1 and verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Anybody grateful? God hears your prayers. Even if you feel like he hasn't heard them, he's heard them. And even if it feels like you've been waiting for a while, he will answer the prayers of his people. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. That's a good name, isn't it? Four books in the Bible are called John. Peter and Samuel got closest with two, but four books in the Bible called John. Let's read on. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel he will bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Incredible. Then Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. God had to shut his mouth to give him his miracle. You can talk yourself out of your miracle. Sometimes the best thing you can say is nothing. Verse 19 is what I want to preach to you today from. I'm just going to read it one more time. 
And the angel answered and he said, I am Gabriel. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you. Could you say those three phrases with me all together? Here we go. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you. <laughs> you guys always like to do extra on your homework. I love you. He said, I am Gabriel. I have identity. I stand in the presence of God. I have intimacy. And I have been sent to speak to you. I have authority. I have identity. I have intimacy. I have authority. Lord, anoint this word. I pray you bless the service, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a story uh, in the book of Acts that I find a lot of comfort in. It's in Acts chapter 19, and it centers around the seven sons of Sceva. That'll work, won't it? The seven sons of Sceva. Remember the old tongue twister? She sells seashells by the seashore. Try saying the seven sons of Sceva five times real fast. The seven sons of Sceva are pastor's kids. Their father is a priest. They've come up in the temple, and I don't know what possesses them, but they hear amongst themselves that in the name of Jesus, the apostle Paul has been driving demons out of people. And I guess being teenage boys, they kind of thought amongst themselves, that sounds a lot more exciting than offering up fat and entrails in the presence of God. We need to get an in on that kind of action. And I don't know how it kind of came about, but one day the seven sons of Sceva are rolling down the street and they happen upon a demon-possessed man. And I'm sure being pastor's kids, they knew when they spoke publicly how to put the right tone in their voice, how to, how to sound like ministers, you know what I mean? We've all got special voices we put on when we're suddenly in a place of ministry. And I, I, I don't know how they kind of psych themselves up for the moment, but the seven sons of Sceva hype themselves up, roll up to the demon-possessed man, and one of them says, in the name of Jesus, you know, they're pastors, kids. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the Bible tells us that the demon-possessed man, in response to their words, looks up at the seven sons of Sceva and says, Jesus I know. I've heard about Paul, but who are you? Guys, he jumps to his feet and one man beats up the seven sons of Sceva, strips them of their clothing, and they leave their ministry assignment running down the street wearing nothing but a smile. I find a lot of courage from that passage, a lot of encouragement from that passage because I have been holding a microphone, preaching the gospel for 31 years, and I've had some amazing days at the office, preached to large arenas, stadiums, some of the finest churches, conferences in all of Christendom, had some amazing moments, but my friends, I've had some terrible moments as well. I've preached messages that came out of my mouth and it was like my words just fell before they even got to the front row, had congregations look at me like I was not even supposed to be there in my early years, had to write a few apology letters for very stupid things that I said as a young 19 and 20 year old man, desperate for people to listen to me. But on my worst ministry moments, even when it has all failed, I want, for the glory of God, I testify before you today, I've walked through every church foyer and car park, fully clothed, never been beaten up, always, always made it to the car with my jacket on. Man, maybe you've been up here, ever tried to hold a microphone, walked off the platform and thought that didn't go right. Just check yourself. Have you got your jacket on? Still got your pants on? It could have gone a lot worse. It ain't all bad. Your worst day is better than their worst day. I love that story. That's a good story. 
I'm encouraging myself by how bad it was for them. But what crazy words the demon spoke. This is a demon speaking. Can we all agree today that in our culture, at this moment, we got some demons that we need to drive out to? Come on, man, as long as we've got people taking their own lives, we've got some demons to drive out. As long as we've got lies being professed by our culture, we've got some demons that need to be driven out. As long as there is a war over the church, we've got some demons that we need to drive out. When, when unrighteousness is being exalted, uncleanliness being exalted, we've got some demons we need to drive out. When fear is damaging people's lives, we've got some demons that we need to drive out. When anxiety is oppressing God's people, We've got some demons that need to be driven back. If you believe that, could you give me a little amen out there today? Anybody still believe greater is Jesus than the power of the world that is around us? We've got some demons that we need to and we can drive back. And if you believe it, give me a hearty amen. These guys are trying to drive out the demon. And the demon speaks to them. And this is what he says. Jesus, I know. Oh, I, I know Jesus. And I've heard about Paul. Man, our, our Instagram feed, it's full of Paul, 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 Paul. We don't like Paul. But who are you? Who are you? From the demonic realm, we hear, I don't recognize you. The demon felt no compulsion to acknowledge them or to submit to them. The demon is literally saying, you've got great words in your mouth. It just doesn't live in your heart. You're out here trying to speak with authority and it might be in your voice, but it's not in your spirit. Because you can't get authority from God if you don't have intimacy with God. The demon is literally saying, you've never stood in the presence of God. In our passage of scripture today, we've got two characters and one of them is the priest Zechariah and the other is the archangel Gabriel. And if you wanna have fun when you get home, you can read back before verse 13. And in our text, we discover a lot about Zechariah. We discover about Zechariah that he is upright in the sight of God, that he has observed the Lord's commandments blamelessly, that he is old and well advanced in years and so is his wife, and that he has not been able to give birth to children. He has never had a child. And Zechariah is chosen by Lot to go into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle for the purpose of offering up incense in worship to the one true God. For him to go into the Holy of Holies, he would have to offer up sacrifices for sins he had committed and for sins that he wasn't aware of whether he'd committed them. A whole holy preparation process was undergone by the priest before he went into the Holy of Holies. And even then they attached a bell and a rope to his ankle so that the bell would chime and they would know he was still living. And if the bell stopped chiming, they didn't wanna go back there and die as well. So they would drag the priest from the presence of God by a rope, wow. Yet now, my friends, on the day of Jesus' death, the Bible says that the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. And now, because of the blood of Jesus, we have no fear of death, no fear of rejection, no fear that our shame will hold us captive, no fear that God would ever turn us away. But now the blood of Jesus says, come, you can all come, we can all come, find grace, strength, help, courage, deliverance, freedom, promise, peace in our hour of need, we can all come into the presence of God. If you're grateful for that, shout amen in this room. Zechariah comes behind the curtain and the Bible tells us when he enters into the Holy of Holies that standing there in the Holy of Holies is the angel Gabriel. And the angel Gabriel looks at Zechariah and he says, don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been heard. What you've been asking for, God's been hearing it. 
I'm here to tell somebody who's got a prayer in their heart, just because it hasn't come to pass yet, it doesn't mean that heaven hasn't heard you. That God's timing is not always aligned with our timing. That God is old and sometimes He takes a while to get things done. But you need to understand that His time is the right time. Our time is not the time. His time is the perfect time. If it hasn't happened yet, it's because God's got something good tomorrow. And if you believe that, shout amen in this room. Your prayers have been heard. And then He said, you're going to have a son. He'll be great, He said, in the sight of the Lord. He'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. He'll, he'll make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah is downloaded in the very holy of holies, the most unbelievable prophecy from God. And his response to the prophecy is to ask, how can I be sure of this? He doubts the prophecy. He questions the prophecy. The angel begins with don't be afraid. Listen, anybody else here in this room ever had in your life a rise of expectation in your heart? Like you've drawn close to the Lord, you've been in a season of your life where you're like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do something great with my life. I know my life has a purpose. I can put trust in my dreams. I can put trust in my God. I know He's going to use me. And at the same moment as your expectation is awakened, have you found a correlating relationship between the increase of your expectation and the increase of your fears? Like just as you get prepared to put yourself out there, you feel the promise of God alive and you feel the fears of your heart screaming at you both at the same time. Anybody else ever? Exp yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's this war over what God is trying to give birth in your life. Fear and faith cannot remain in the human heart at the same time. They are opposing emotions. One will fight the other. One will win, the other will lose. And here standing in the presence of God, Zechariah has promised the most amazing thing. And his response is, how can I be sure of this? In our text today, so very little is given to us about, about Gabriel. Very few words about who Gabriel is. In life, it's not often about the abundance of words. It's about the weight that is on them. And in response to the questioning and fear that is found in Zechariah, Gabriel just opens his mouth. And in my mind, Gabriel has incredulity in his response. Like, like what? In his voice, you know? As he just, how can I be, he, gets, he gives an amazing prophecy. How can I be sure? And I reckon Gabriel just looked back at Zechariah and he's just like, I am Gabriel. Don't you know you're talking? I am Gabriel. I didn't fall off the back. I am Gabriel. He's like, don't you know who I am? I am, I am Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. I love it. Gabriel just stands here with this crystal clear sense of identity. He feels no need to validate himself beyond the validation that he feels internally, that he knows who he is, he knows whose he is. He feels, I'm sure about me, I'm alive for a purpose. He just said, I am Gabriel. That's what God wants for every single one of his children. God doesn't want us suffering from the same insecurity and suffrage that we feel in our culture where we wish if we were just a little bit more like, if only we could change in this way. God wants every one of His children to know you're alive for a reason. God has a special assignment for you. He has a plan and a purpose. You're a product of divine design. You're alive at this moment in time for a special purpose God has for you and you are absolutely living within the plan and the purpose of God. God wants you to know He loves you. He chose you. He accepts you. He blessed you. He'll restore you. He'll favor you. He'll open doors for you. If you believe that, shout amen in this room today. 
he just said, he just said, I am Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I'm not binge watching Netflix in my spare time, Zach. I don't endlessly scroll through social media. I don't fall asleep at night online shopping to get a outer facade that will make me feel better about who I know I'm not. You see, where I stand, I stand in the presence of God. That's where I've made my home. I'm close to my God, intimate with my God. I spend time with my God. I draw close to my God. I worship Him. I adore Him. I read His Word. I draw near to His presence. He said, where I've made my home is in God's presence. He said, he said I'm intimate with Him. I actually know Him. I stand in the presence of God. And then he says, and I have been sent to speak to you. I'm not making this up on the back of a napkin. I didn't just have a Red Bull, got excited and came from heaven to meet with you today. I don't suffer from attention deficit disorder. I'm here because God whispered something in my heart and said, I need you to declare it. These are not just my words. These are God's words. I'm close to him. I have authority to declare this to you. And by the way, Zach, you better believe the demons have heard about me. I love this passage of scripture. When I read this verse, verse 19, it was just like everything stopped for days. Everything stopped as I just realized. He just says, I have identity. I have intimacy. I have authority. And I realized the clarity that's found in Gabriel is exactly the clarity that God wants for every single one of us. And I want you to understand, he, he, had, he had identity. He had intimacy. And he had authority, right? But his authority and his identity were the overflows of his intimacy. The key phrase that unlocks this whole passage for us is found in that just those few words, I stand in the presence of God. I think what God's looking for in our time is not a group of Christians who kind of like give a moment a week to standing in his presence but actually a group of people who have fostered an inner relationship, a posture that in every, every season, every moment, every event of their lives, they're just gonna bring God into the world in which they're living, into the moment of time that they find themselves in. He just said, I, I stand in the presence of God. I love it, I love it. In our goldfish attention span generation, in our permanently distracted, always being stimulated by something generation. Gabriel stands as antithesis to the cancer that is eating away at our souls when he just said, my focus is set, my intimacy is real. He just said, I stand in the presence of God to stand. To stand in this passage, to stand in Scripture, to stand in the presence of God, you may have never seen it, but it's a theme that runs all the way through the Bible. It literally runs from beginning to end. The word stand literally means, it means to, to appear. It means to present yourself. Like when you would come to see a king and you would say, I am here before you king. It means to stand. It means to linger. It means to wait until you are instructed. Wait until you are spoken to. The old revivalists here in America used to, they coined a phrase, Charles Finney invented it. It was called to tarry. He would have the tarry seat. And it's where at the end of the service, if the Spirit of the Lord had stirred something in your soul, you wouldn't just go to McDonald's. You would come to the front row and you would sit in the tarry seat until the power of God touched your life. You would display a tenacity, a perseverance, a, a hunger, a desire. You would grab hold of the ankle of God and say, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. 
That's what it means to stand in the presence of God. It's to have a desire in your heart that you will not let go of until the the, the thirst has been quenched, until your appetite has been filled, until the things of on high have filled your soul to stand in the presence of God. To stand. It's to stand is found in Habakkuk. All of Habakkuk chapter one, if you've ever read, we we all know Habakkuk 2.2, right? That's the famous verse. Write the vision, make it plain that he who reads may run with it. Powerful verse. But Habakkuk chapter one is called Habakkuk's complaint. The whole chapter, the prophet is just moaning to God about what's not right. He didn't take it to his social media feed. He took it to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who could help him. Sometimes in life, the only place where you should be honest is in the presence of God. Come on. When the Shunammite woman's son died, she told her husband it was all right. She told Gehazi it was all right. It wasn't until she had grabbed the ankle of the prophet representing the presence of God that she finally blurted out her problems. We need to be a generation that stops blurting on socials and starts getting into the presence of God, telling him what is broken, him what is wrong. We can fake it in the world, but we're honest in his presence. And here here we find, here we find, that Habakkuk tells God everything that's wrong. And then in Habakkuk chapter two, verse one, Habakkuk literally says these words. He says, I will station myself on the ramparts. I will, hear hear me, hear me. I will stand my watch. We've got a physical location and we've got a heart posture. He said, I'll get somewhere where no one's gonna disturb me. And then he said, I will stand my watch, stand my watch. And I will look to see what the Lord will say to me. And that's where we get right the vision and make it plain. But what preceded it was a man who stood his watch to look and see. Jesus said, blessed is he whose master finds him waiting even when he comes in the second and third watch of the night. In Israel, they have four watches of the night in ancient Israel. They had one that went right into the day because of fog to make sure that Everything confusing had lifted and they could see clearly. Sometimes in your life, you've got to wait long enough until you have clarity before you truly give way, before you truly relax your stance in life. So from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. was the first watch. 10 till 2 in the morning, second watch. 2 till 6, third watch. 6 till 10, fourth watch. And Jesus said before 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., there is a peculiar blessing found for those who when the master comes, he still finds them watching. What's the modern day lesson? When the earth is silent, it's easier to hear heaven. 10 p.m. till 6 a.m., when the shops are closed, when the kids are asleep, he said, when you lean into me, you'll get a special blessing. Jesus is saying, I want you not just to waste your time with trivial things, mundane things, permanently distracted by electronic devices. I want you to draw close to me because I wanna put something in your life that will raise you up as a standard against what is plaguing our culture, that you will be a testimony that I've got a greater plan than the malaise of our generation. I want to fill you with my presence. I want to give you the clarity that you need. I want to raise you up as an example. He said, I stand. I stand, I stand, I stand, I stand, I stand. In Jeremiah 23, God is ticked at the prophets. I preached on this last time I was here. He says, the prophets are running around everywhere, but I never gave them anything to say. They're, prof- they're, they're, they're preaching sermons. The only problem is I never... Gave them a sermon to share. And then he said, which of them would stand in my presence to see or to hear my word? And then he said, if they would stand in my presence, then they would see my word and proclaim them to my people and they would turn them from their evil ways and deeds. The key to getting God in your life is stand. Zechariah is just full of uncertainty and fear and doubt. And Gabriel is just so crystal clear. I want the life of Gabe. Who's with me? 
Why are we a generation that is so played with fear and uncertainty? Well, we know it doesn't come from God because 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a, a spirit of love, power, and help me with the last one. So when you've got the spirit of God running rampant in your life, soundness of mind is a manifestation. Right? Hebrews 11.1, 1, let's go for a second verse so we know that we're right. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. I wanna pull out two phrases, being sure and certain. So the manifestation of faith in my life is clarity and assurity and, and I know what I know. How do you know it? I don't know how I know it, but I know that what I know, I know. God has spoken to me and I'm telling you, we're overcoming this problem. We're putting this marriage back together. This business will prosper. This sickness will be healed. San Diego will be saved. California will have a new revival. The church will continue to flourish. Your best days are still ahead. If you believe in the promise of God, give God about five seconds of praise in this room today. He's a miracle-working, victorious God. Yeah. He makes us sure. He makes us certain. He makes us clear. Yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down. So that's what faith is like. Faith is surety. Faith is certainty. Faith is clarity. Well, how do we get faith? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by and hearing by the when you read the Bible, you're standing in the presence of God. And it says faith comes by hearing, 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 hearing. Hearing literally means, translated from the original geek, I mean Greek. It means to have audience. It's another similar phrase. To stand. So. If that's how I get faith, is to stand. And faith means that I don't have doubts and I'm not permanently confused. Then my doubts are the manifestations of distance. There is a cure for my doubts. And it's to stand. There's a cure for my fears. And it's to there's a cure for what plagues me in my soul. My anxiety has a cure and it's to, if I feel hopeless in life, I, if I'm broken, I, if I don't think I've got a future, I, if everything looks like it's coming down, then I, and I keep standing until the fear goes. I keep standing till the fears abate. I keep standing till the promise comes clear. I keep standing till the promise comes alive. I keep standing in His presence. I wait upon Him. I will not let Him go because those who ask receive, those who seek find, and those who knock, the door will be open. And if you believe it, give God five seconds of praise in this room today. I stand, I stand, I stand in the presence of God. Anybody else believe with me? God's got a coming revival. God's got an awakening on the way. God's got a miracle for you. God's got a breakthrough for you. He didn't set you up to take you down. If you believe it, give God about three seconds of praise in this room today. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit's drawing near. The band can come and join me. Stand to your feet. Please awaken. Please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Say it with me. Say, I stand in the presence of God. Close your eyes right where you are. Right where you are today. Close those eyes. Close those eyes. Close those eyes. I stand, I stand, I stand in the presence of God. So here we are, God. Here I am, Lord. We're before you now. We're before you. We stand before you, Lord. You're our ever-present source of help in times of trouble. 
psalmist wrote, I sought the Lord, He answered me. Delivered me from all my fears. So come. Come King of glory. Come God of majesty. Wow, the presence of God is just beginning to move so powerfully across this auditorium right now. Just lift high your hands towards heaven. You can bring your fears to Him. You can bring your doubts to Him. You can bring your insecurities to Him. You can bring your confusion to Him. God, we draw close to You right now. Bring Your touch. Bring Your power into this room. Glory of God. Glory of God. Glory of God. Glory of God. Be made manifest right here, right now. Come, O oh Lord. Come have your way. There are people all over this room. All over this room. I told you this was your breakthrough day. And right now in your life, you're struggling. You've been struggling with just men. It's like you're swimming in treacle, like everything is confusing. We have to understand that's not the will of God for us. God's not the one. He's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. It's not from Him. And if you're here today and you're saying, John, I need, I need a breakthrough for my confusion. I need a breakthrough for my fear. I'm gonna pray over you right now. I want you just to lift your hands high towards heaven if that's you all over this room. Just receive this, so many hands going up, wow all over the service right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, release your presence. Release your touch into this room. As we stand here right now, man, I feel like the, I can sense over lives in this room, the peace of God just descending, just descending right now. He makes a way even when there is no way. He makes a way even when there is no way. I declare the clarity of God, the clarity of God, the breakthrough power of God in this room, in this room, in this room. Come Holy Spirit, come release your touch. Wow, wow. Thank you Lord for your glory. Thank you Lord for your peace. There's people struggling with that fear and anxiety in the service right now. I'm just gonna stay in this quiet moment because I feel like God is literally just saying, I'm gonna breathe through the quietness of this moment to dispel some anxiety that people are feeling. If you've been just troubled with anxiety, Jesus said to Martha, the reason why you're troubled is because you're concerned about too many things. Mary has chosen one thing. Mary might have been sitting at the feet of Jesus, but she was standing in the presence of God. If that's you and anxiety has been plaguing you, God loves you. He's promised that His peace that surpasses all understanding can actually guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hands towards heaven. Anxiety has been plaguing you. So many people lifting their hands. It's the sickness of our generation. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I just declare freedom, freedom from anxiety over this room right now in Jesus' mighty name. Freedom from anxiety in the mighty name of Jesus. These are real people with real needs. And so, Lord, I declare, I declare, let heaven come and touch them right where they are standing with hands held high in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke, I rebuke anxiety and thoughts that have been sown demonically into minds. I rebuke them in Jesus' name. I command you, devil, get your hands off the hearts and minds of God's people. And I declare right now a better 
word, a word of faith and a word of encouragement and a word of life and a word of clarity. And we lay down our concerns, our fears, our doubts. We, we lay them down before you and we tell, we tell them that they are lower than Jesus. We lower them and we elevate the power of God, the potential of our God. We declare the victory of God over every person in this room. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want to do one more, one more prayer and then we're going to sing. We're going to sing, I'll stand in just one moment. But the Lord just spoke to me as I was standing up on the stage and He said, I am calling hundreds of people in this church. Guys, never doubt that one church and one group of people can bat above their weight and do something truly significant for a city, for a state, and for a nation. Never doubt it, because it's always the way it happens. And I believe God is literally calling people all over this room that you would be the ones who would rise in San Diego, California, United States of America, to be the people with clarity, identity, authority, from your intimacy and that we would see the devil's power diminish, the power of God made manifest. We're going to stand in the presence of God. There are some demons you can't break without standing. How do I know that? Jesus said it. He said to nine of his disciples, we've got seven sons of Sceva, nine disciples of Christ, and they're trying to drive a demon out of a boy, and they couldn't, and they said, why couldn't we? And he said, this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and by fasting. If you want to get this demon out, you've got to stand just a little bit longer. How many people know you've got greater power in you than the power of the devil? If we stand long enough, we can break the power the service. I believe it. I believe it. I'm talking to at least a hundred men in this room today, not to exclude the ladies, please, but there are at least a hundred men. And God is literally saying, you will preach, you will minister, you will lead, you'll be powerfully used by God. You've diminished yourself. Heaven's over your diminishment. God is declaring your validation, your calling, your identity, your confidence. Do you believe that? Shout amen in this room today. So if you're here and you know that's you, if you're here saying, John, I feel like God's calling me to stand in His presence, to become that man, become that woman that is close to Him and intimate with Him, wherever you are in this room, I want you just, before I pray, take both hands from high right up in the air, all over this room, all over this room. Wow, wow, wow. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for these called people, for these set apart people. Here's the word of the Lord to each and every one of you, that when uh, Balaam was hired by, the, by uh, Balak or Barak, I can't remember, it doesn't matter, to curse the people of God, the Bible says that when he saw them, he said, I can't curse these people. And this is what he said. He said, I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. As you become a person set apart to God, God's going to break every curse, free every bondage, give you victory over every opposition. There's blessing for you, blessing for your family, blessing for your children, blessing for your business, blessing for your city. Because you draw closer to God, generations will be blessed. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, release your glory over each and every one of your people. Right now, come Holy Spirit, manifest, manifest your power in the lives of your people. We declare this today in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, Hallelujah. sing, so I'll stand. Sing, I'll stand. I'll stand. 
attention for one more minute. I'm about to hand back to Pastor Matt, but all over the service, there are many people who have come to church today. And right now, you know that you don't have your own relationship with Jesus. You're not right with God. You're not a Christian. Maybe you've been a church person, but you know that Jesus, He's not your King, your Lord. He's not at the center of your life. If that's you, my friend, firstly, we're so glad you're here. God loves you, wants you to be close to Him. Jesus died on a cross and nothing can stop you from having an intimate, honest relationship with the God who loves you and created you. But all of this room, I want to lead you in a prayer. And if you're here today and you're saying, John, I don't know Jesus, if you'd pray this prayer with me, today could be the day where you discover what it is to know Jesus personally. All of this room, many people saying, John, that's me. I've come to church today. I'm not right with Jesus. I'm not connected to God. I'm not a Christian. I've been around church, but I know Jesus is not at the center of my life. We're going to pray this prayer in just one second. But I'm going to ask you before we pray the prayer, in just one moment, to take one hand, lift it high. I'll see it. Then you can put it back down. Then we're going to pray the prayer together. Everyone close your eyes, bow your heads all over this room. Many people here saying, John, that's me. I need Jesus today. If that's you, lift your hand. I'm not right with God. Lift your hand. I'm not a Christian. You can lift your hand. I've been a church person, but Jesus is not at the center of my life. You lift your hand. Once every hand is lifted, we'll pray the prayer. But lift the hand right now. Lift it all the way up. Thank you, 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 thank you. So many, all of that I can't see. Thank you. So many, so many, so many, so many. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amazing. Wow. Thank you, thank you. So many people saying yes to Jesus. We love you, we love you. Every person lifted their hand, whether I saw you or not, and everybody else in the room. Let's say this prayer out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I'm lost without you. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. I thank you, Jesus. You love me. You accept me. You forgive me. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.